Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. One of the most common challenges that I work on, not only within myself still to this day, but with clients that I've worked with over the years is self-trust, self-worth, and learning how to recognize the worth and value that you bring to the world just naturally from being you, for being here. And so today we're going to chat a little bit more about why is it that we tend to settle less than we deserve? Or what is it that makes it so challenging to recognize how much value we hold and bring to the world? And so this is something that I continue to work on. And it's always a work in progress, I think, for every one of us. But it's something that has not only transformed my life, but also within my business too, and how I run my business. So Carrie, what are your thoughts and maybe a little bit of your personal experience dealing with self-worth and self-trust and how's that affected you? I think it's pretty safe to say that nearly every human has dealt with this in their life. And to me, when it's such a prevalent Thing that we're all learning how to work past, that usually shines a light on it being something that has been conditioned into us from early on in childhood, that this is all there is to life. You should just accept what you have and be grateful for that and not think you deserve more than that. And I think we are taught that that can be a really arrogant attitude and that is not a good thing to be. And so we are taught and conditioned to just be okay with living with the bare minimum of life or just kind of equivalent to whatever you were brought up with instead of thinking, no, I think I want more than this. I think there's more to life than going to work every day and busting my butt until I'm 65 or older before I can actually enjoy life. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you mentioned the conditioning part. And I know in past episodes, when we've talked about conditioning, it can go so many different directions. There can be undercompensation, overcompensation. And for myself, it was more of the undercompensation. And because I carried this belief of not being smart enough. And that's because in school, especially high school, I really struggled. And I now understand it's because I have to really be interested in something to give my all. I went to school for physical therapy and I was straight A, graduated cum laude because I got to choose what I was studying. But the beginning part being in high school and, and elementary 
I felt dumb. I didn't feel like I was an intelligent person at all. So it started this belief of not being smart enough. And then that led to a lot of different areas of my life where I was like, oh, well, I can't do this. So I'll just take this instead, that kind of settling mindset. And then I saw it overflowing into my business at the beginning stages too. But yeah, I think it's so important for us to be able to take a step back and really take a look at what are these stories and beliefs that we might be carrying from the conditioning and also realizing, like you said, sometimes we're settling for the bare minimum. And it can go along with if someone is having such a challenging time in their life and you are deeply connected to them or you just know someone, sometimes we can dull our own light because we feel like it's too painful for the other person to see. And I see this a lot with people that I know and just even stories that I hear over social media, we want to try to show empathy or relate. And that sometimes leads to people really dimming their own light and creativity. And uh, it's a really tough situation to be in for a lot of people I know. I really related to what you said about working through some of these preconceived beliefs when you started your own business, because I think I'm still in that process in regards to what I think I deserve and my own level of self-worth. And it goes back to a very deeply rooted, conditioned thought process that I have. I was born and raised in the Midwest, and I'm living in the Midwest again. And a huge value of this region of the United States is being a hard worker. And working hard equates in the old paradigm, the old way of thinking to how many hours did you put into your work? It has little to do with the outcome of your work, but how many hours did you work today? How many hours did you work this week? And that determines whether you're a hard worker or not. And when I was working in education, I took a lot of pride in how much I worked. I worked in a school and a school district that expected you to work beyond your contracted hours. I constantly did, why I got to a point of burnout. But now that I work for myself, I'm trying to recondition and rethink through how I actually want my life to be. And I am a person who can work very quickly and efficiently. And I've always been that way, which I think is related to my human design type. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't need to work 40 hours a week to get everything done that I want to get done in a week for my business. And so releasing that thought that I have to work these traditional hours and this traditional length of time each week has been quite a process for me. I love the way it feels to work the way I've been working in my business, but my mind fights it and judges it and criticizes me for it still. And it's been challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. Absolutely. I love hearing that side of things for you with the start of your business. And an example for myself where I feel that I was settling for less than I deserve is this is actually a really common thing that I saw at the start of my coaching business across social media is that most service providers, I'll just use coaches for example, a lot of them really struggle with their self-worth. And so a lot of service providers that I've come across and for my own example, 
struggle with the sense of worth and what they're offering. And so then that leads to undercharging for services that are of tremendous value, but we don't see it within ourselves. And for me at the start, that was very much my process where I was definitely undercharging and I was okay with it because I was like, you know what? I'm just, just starting out. I want to get the feel of it, the flow. I'm very, very hard on quality that I am offering up. So I was okay with it, but then I struggled to increase my rates as I was growing my business. And a lot of that was because I struggled to see the value and worth in what I had to offer. Part of it is because it came so easy to me because I've been working on trauma-informed therapy and the nervous system regulation, everything that I do with clients. I've been working on that myself for so long that it became like, oh, this isn't a big deal. It was just second nature to me. And then I started to become blind to that value. So I, I think that's an interesting area when we talk about businesses and specifically with service providers that popped up for me. It's really interesting how as humans, we all have something that we don't think we deserve and we actively sort of fight against obtaining it in our life. And usually it's on a subconscious level because we think our value lies in doing it the opposite way or in not following that instinctual drive to do something outside of the conditioned norm. Mm -hmm. For sure. And what I have loved about my journey through human design is that it's really opened my eyes to how to cultivate greater trust within myself and the self-worth aspect and my need that I had for so long to prove myself, to prove my worth. And that for me comes from having both an open G center and an open will center. And if they're open, they will be white, but the G center and will, they split, they were the heart center and the heart center split in 17 81, according to human design, the G center center for love and direction. And the will is also known as the ego, but this is where money resources, self-worth is located. And so conditioning can be wanting to prove oneself from that will center. And only 12% of the population has this defined. And if it's defined, you have consistent energy and willpower to work and to provide support and resources for others. You still need to really add in rest, like for anyone. Putting rest into your schedule is of great importance. But you have this consistency and this drive. And uh, when it comes to the undefined, which is what I had, then we have this tendency to like push through to prove ourselves, or we become a little bit more blind to what we have to truly offer through questioning our value. And so for myself, that brings me the awareness. And this is where I can really grow and learn. And that's what I love about the open centers is that the openness that you have is where you are going to have great growth. And this is where we get to sample other people's energy and decide what feels good for us. And that's something that I have worked on over the years. And like I said, continue to work on because we're always evolving no matter what. And within the Enneagram, when we're talking about this idea of 
settling for less than we deserve in life. This is a human condition. This is something all humans and so all Enneagram types can easily struggle with. But I did want to highlight two types that may have even a greater struggle with it. The first one is type two, because type twos are generally seen as the most self-sacrificing type. They really sacrifice themselves for the benefit of other people because they want to serve other people. They want to help other people. And a lot of times they can neglect their own needs. And this can cause them to consistently be helping others in a way where they are causing suffering for themselves. So the growth for type twos is really to better understand how to put themselves first, how to take care of their own wellness and their own needs, and understanding that that will only make them stronger mm -hmm. and better able to care for others in the way that they really want to. The second type that may also struggle with this idea of settling for less than what they deserve are Enneagram type fours. So the emotional passion or the vice for this type is envy. And so a lot of times they can just feel like they're missing something that other people have and they look outside of themselves to see, oh, other people have this thing, whatever it may be, a job, a life, a career, a house, a partner, whatever. And I'm missing that. And so I'm less than and I'm not the person that I want to be because I'm lacking in this. And that can be a really difficult struggle for mm. people who lead with this Enneagram type to really start accepting that they themselves are enough. They have inherent worth and value in exactly who they are and they don't need anything else, whether it's a career or an image or whatever it may be that they're seeking to make them whole, to make them complete, to make them lovable and accepted. Yeah, I love hearing that breakdown of the the two and the four, because ultimately what I'm hearing is that it comes down to love of self. And that's very much like we're constantly preaching here about our alignment with love coming from a place of love. And as you were just talking about that, it brought me back to our G center, which was part of the heart center and that being the center for love and direction and how this center, each of the gates starts with an I am statement. So it's whether I am powerful, I am love, I am compassionate. That's themes for the gates here. And it comes down to our alignment with love is what attunes the direction of our life. And on top of that, the stories and narratives that we're holding and continuing to carry like myself with not being smart enough, that's going to attract experiences and certain opportunities into our, our life. And so what we're believing and what we're telling stories of that just so greatly impacts where our direction is headed. So I love that as we kind of talk about this, it all comes down to self-love, love in general. And I firmly believe that it has to start within yourself. If you don't love yourself, if you don't value yourself, then how are you supposed to give that love to anyone else? If you can't feel it for yourself, it's something that I struggled with. I think a lot of us struggle with and uh, wasn't until maybe a few years ago where I could say, I really love myself. And my narrative 
started to shift and my experiences started to shift. It's truly a beautiful process and sight to see. And I think that is probably the most important step one can take in order to start believing that they deserve everything that they want in life. Along with that, and this might even have to come first, is changing our conditioned thinking pattern. And this is way easier said than done. It's something that I think is a lifelong process. It doesn't have a finish line because we are always uncovering new layers of conditioning that we might not have even realized were there. But for me personally, this process didn't even really begin in a meaningful, structured way until I understood the Enneagram framework and my own Enneagram type. So for me, that was a huge aha that the system gave me is recognizing these conditioned thought patterns I had that I just had never even recognized before. And one of them being that my value came attached to how hard I worked. and. Like I said in the beginning, I'm still in the process of working through that. Every day I recognize that I have the thought and I recognize it's just a thought and I can release it. And so noticing those little condition patterns where for whatever reason you may be not valuing yourself or not putting what you actually value at the forefront of your life and trying to understand why that may be and understanding that your narrative can change at any time in your life. For sure. Yeah. I love that you bring up that really one of the first steps is identifying this conditioning that we all carry some form of conditioning and the events that occur in our lives that create a belief, then that belief turns into stories The stories then turn into our actions. And for myself, I really went through this process. I would make a list of all of the beliefs that were holding me back. And uh, something that not only did I do with myself, but I do with my clients too. Taking a look at the belief and then asking myself, who would I be without this belief? What would I do? What would I experience without this belief? And ultimately just imagine that nothing in this world was holding me back. It was just, of course, the fear at the time, but trying to imagine like, wow, okay, who would I be? What would I be doing? And I kind of just started writing a story, a new story based off of the identification of a particular belief. And it's, like I said, something I do with my clients and they really just love this. It's a part of tapping into our creativity as well, because we are all the narrators of our life and we are all creative beings. And it's not just through art where creativity comes. It comes through the stories that we tell about our lives as well. So Doing that process of listing out those limiting beliefs and the conditioning, I think, can be a powerful step to starting to have greater faith and trust within your value, leading to you really stepping into the life that you want because you know how deserving you are of everything that you're desiring. Yeah. And like I mentioned when I was speaking about Enneagram type fours, that all of us could benefit from doing more of is just 
having some sort of intentional practice, and it doesn't have to be anything big, even just first thing in the morning when you open your eyes, just think to yourself or speak out loud or whisper to yourself, whatever you feel comfortable doing, something loving towards yourself, something to build that acceptance in yourself so that you're able to embody your own inherent worth. Because like we talk about in so many episodes on this podcast, everyone is born into love. Everyone is born with a sense of full completeness. Everyone is whole. Everyone is worthy. And we lose that along the way. And it's a lot of work to remember it and to rebuild it. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens. <laughs>